Good morning, everybody. You're listening to 89.1 FM, WXVU, The Roar, Villanova student-run radio, 11.46 a.m. on this beautiful Monday morning, and it's time for Fun in the Locker Room, the only show on the radio where we just have some fun in the locker room, and we discuss uh, everything in the world of sports, give our hot takes, make predictions, and much, much more, so you do not want to miss a single, single episode like I said, 11.30 a.m. on Mondays. If you miss it or you want to go back and watch some or listen to some more of our takes, we're on YouTube. We upload every recording on YouTube. We also have a Twitter that these two work very hard to uh, send out polls and engage with the fans. All have the same name, Fun in the Locker Room on the YouTube, Fun in the Locker Room on Twitter. Um, and, yeah, as always, I'm Truett Carster, Liam Holloway, Sean Rankle joining me, uh, wonderful hosts. And we have a lot to cover. Week three of the NFL was yesterday. We have to get into the Monday Night Football games, which um, I'm going to be pretty sad for that segment because I didn't do too hot last week. Um, we have a lot of MLB to cover up as we're approaching the playoffs, and I'm pretty excited uh, as the resident Padres fan. And I think we have we are all very um, eager to tear up this ESPN's Top 100 list that came out recently. Uh, specifically the top ten. I know we we all saw it drop and texted that we have to we have to address it on the show. Even though we're not in season, it's just very uh, essential. We also got to go over the Ume Odoka news, and uh, yeah, so we have a, a great show. So just stick around. Whether you're driving, doing homework, whatever, stay around. Eighty nine point one FM WXVU Fun in the locker room. Let's start with our takeaways from this weekend, week three of the NFL. Liam, what do you have? Uh, this is more definitely more of a takeaway. But any given Sunday, any team can win. Last week, we saw the Colts get absolutely decimated by the Jaguars. What do they do this week? Bounce back and beat Patrick Mahomes versus the Chiefs. Jaguars looked unstoppable last week versus the Colts. Was it a fluke game? Who knows? They come out this week against the Chargers, drop 38 points on them, absolutely destroy them. I don't think there is a clear runaway favorite besides right now it's looking like the Eagles may be the favorite team but every other team's got some issues that they got to cover um and that's my takeaway for this week and I would add the Dolphins into that as two of the teams running away with things I think those are the only two teams where you could look at and there's not a whole lot of question marks on either side of the ball with those two teams but everybody else as you're saying just craziness like you can go through the list of teams and every single team has a flaw and every single team has shown at some point in these first three weeks that they're not who we thought they were it's a lot of parity in the league right now, which is obviously a great thing. You don't really want to see uh, teams that you know are going to make it to the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously you can predict teams, but it's great that there's a lot of teams with chances and a lot of teams that are uh, imperfect, and um, it's just great for the sport in general. Uh, I'm going to go with my take, and I'm going to say that I think uh, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in trouble. This is one of the games that I happen to catch live, the Packers-Buccaneers, um, and I was really – Hoping that, really hoping that it was going to be a good game. Obviously, you have Aaron Rodgers on one side of the, f- the field and Tom Brady on the other. And God, it was a not good game at all offensively. Very defensive game, a lot of takeaways, and um, it's it's really it's different watching Tom Brady at this point in his career at this age. Um, obviously, without that goes without being said. He, you know, he's what in his mid forties at this point, or approaching his mid forties. He's not going to be the same player, but. I just don't – if I was a Buccaneers fan, I wouldn't have the same level of confidence in Tom Brady to go get me some points when needed to finish a drive strong, play solid football from, you know, your own 20 to the end zone. 
a lot of uh, heavy use on on Leonard Fournette. Obviously, that defense is still really good. Um, but this offense has been a little concerning, even with, you know, uh, you, you lose Gronk to uh, retirement. Um, Julio Jones has been in and out of the lineup with injuries, but uh, a little bit concerning. I don't, I don't know if you guys feel the same way. No, true, I actually, I totally agree. And we saw something yesterday that you never see, and that is Tom Brady making a mistake on the final drive of the game with that delay a game call. Absolutely yeah, pivotal. Yeah. Um, and what's funny is that they actually had a delay of game the play before that they scored a touchdown on it just wasn't called. And Tom Brady making those mistakes, you've never seen that in his career. So it is something to worry about, I think. Yeah, I think we've all talked about when will Tom Brady hit the cliff and when will he fall off and things like that. And this, this season's kind of starting to remind me of like Payne Manning's last season in Denver when he got benched a couple times for Osweiler. Obviously, Tom Brady's not getting benched because I don't know who the backup in Tampa is, but it's not going to be benched. But kind of the season of like the defense going to have to carry him. And the defense carried him last night and – they almost won the game, and he's carried them all season because I think the defense has given up like less than two touchdowns per game, which is absolutely ridiculous. But Tom Brady's not going to win the game by himself anymore. He's not that type of player. He's not that age. He can't do that. He needs to rely on his defense, and the Buccaneers can sneak by, but it's definitely cause concern with the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Yeah, Liam, I want to go off that point. I definitely – I was watching this with my dad on Sunday, um, the game, and we just both commented that you just don't – you don't expect an elite signal caller – an elite game manager purely because of just skill, IQ, and then obviously experience to make that type of mental error and take a delay a game penalty there. I was very lucky it wasn't on the touchdown either. Yeah. Very lucky. So, and I think because um, they tried to run the play before it was whistled dead, and they try, they were running the ball. So then you obviously, you cannot run the ball from the eight-yard line, obviously, yeah. um, on a two-point conversion. So, yeah, I, I it, it's uh, it's looking weird. Even then, though, the call to run the ball takes the takes the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. Just something you would never seen in a game-winning situation, game-tying situation. There's a little worry down there in Tampa, yeah. I think. And w- one more comment before we get to uh, Rank's take from the week. First year, not first, I don't even know what the term is. First year head coach for the Bucks, Todd Bowles, right after, um, I- I'm blanking on, on the guy's name before, uh, famous coach. Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians uh, retired or, or – Ret- le- He went into the front office, he's, basically retired. Yeah, front office. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you're going to have a – Todd Bowles was the assistant coach, now the main coach. So there's going to be some sort of learning curve. But it's going to be interesting to see, you know, like 10 weeks from now or even like six weeks from now where they are in the standings in their own division um, and how much confidence we have in them to make another run like they've been making the last couple of years that Tom Brady's been there. Yeah, I wanted to come in today and actually say the Buccaneers rock quite the playoffs, but then you look at the two and one and the rest of the NFC, and like it looks like they're going to sneak in somehow. But Especially in that division. Yeah, I just <laughs> wouldn't have a lot of faith in them in the playoffs in general if it was a like argument. Say you put them in the AFC, they're not a playoff team. Yeah. One quick comment before we let you do your take: I have as much confidence in the Buccaneers to go far in the playoffs as I have the Broncos, and they have the exact same record. <laughs> and I think for both those teams, and we'll get into the Broncos, the records do not at all reflect the type of football they've been playing. If you haven't watched any football at all, if you're listening and you haven't watched any football and you see that Russell Wilson and Tom Brady are both 2-1, and one, that is a big inaccuracy right there in the level of football they're playing. But we'll, we'll get into that. Sean, what, what was your takeaway from this weekend? Yeah, so watching the Lions the past couple of weeks, it's crazy to think, but in a not-so-good NFC, the Lions have shown a lot of heart. I think, actually, I saw a stat today. 
they almost set the record for most consecutive quarters with a touchdown. They wow. had 18 mm-hmm. consecutive quarters with a touchdown, wow. dating back to last year. The record was 19 set by the Packers in the 80s. They were one quarter away. This team is really good offensively. Amonse Brown, really well job. Coach Dan Campbell is starting to like have this team believe. They're playing hard football. They're competing hard. They've they've had three tough games to start the season. They played the they lost to the Eagles by three. They beat the Commanders, and then they lost to the Vikings by four. And I would, in my mind, coming into the season, the Vikings and the Eagles are two of the top teams in the NFC, mm-hmm. and they are playing these teams hard. And I don't know. They just got to put put things together, pull out the wins eventually, but. They're playing hard, and I like them this year. I think they can absolutely do some damage. Yeah. Especially in, in that division, too. Coming into the season, you thought it was going to be Packers-Vikings. Mm-hmm. Packers have not looked good so far. No. Vikings dropped the game last week, which they looked terrible against the Birds. So who knows what could happen in this division? I mean, the Bears, somehow they're 2-1. and one. We'll get into that later. But this division's wide open, and I think they do. they really do have a shot. Not even really a division, but even a wild card spot. Like, I think they're going to get in somehow. That's really weird to hear. The Lions will make the playoffs. That is a weird thing to hear. NFC is wide open. Wide open. Um, I agree with you on St. Brown. He's on my fantasy team, so I've definitely <laughs> been tracking that. Um, DeAndre Swift still on the team, correct? Yeah, he, uh, he's doing well. He's been doing well. Um, you know, it, it's good to see. I don't like it, Jared Goff. I'm not his biggest fan, but I do feel bad for him being sent to Detroit. So uh, it's good to see him do well there. And uh, this team just has a lot of fight, I, th- I think, as you said. They, they just um, they always have a bit of a chip on their shoulder. Not a chip on their shoulder, but they always have the underdog mentality of we really have nothing to lose, so why why not just like put everything on the line and, and try it and um, you know grind away a victory. Everyone's counting us out type mentality, which is obviously a very admirable thing to watch as a sports fan in any sport. Um, so yeah, I like that take. So let's uh, let's start recapping some games. I think one of the biggest upsets, not even upset, but a game that I don't think anyone anyone was expecting this outcome: Dolphins Bills, Tua Josh Allen. I thought it was really funny the video of Tua consoling Josh Allen after the game. I would have told you it was the other way around, or I I, I don't know. It was it was very interesting because Josh Allen seems like a very confident quarterback that. Um, you know, carries himself high, and I also, and you guys can touch on this if you want. The video of the offensive coordinator <laughs> absolutely going rage mode upstairs in the booth—that was hilarious. Um, but it looks like there was a lot of frustration from that game. So I don't know what you guys saw from that uh, on the two side and the Josh Allen side. I think the game really comes down to, in my mind, two big plays in this game. The end of the first half, when they couldn't get the they couldn't get the spike down and they missed the opportunity for a field goal. And same thing in the last play of the game where they couldn't get a field goal. And those two field goals changed the game. Because if you look at the stats, Josh Allen had 400 passing yards, two touchdowns, compared to two as 186 yards and one touchdown. Like, Josh Allen outplayed him in the majority of the game. And it just comes down to certain plays, certain winning plays that the Bills just weren't able to do. I still, too, don't understand. Tua looked like he was down and out after getting tackled on one play. Yeah. And he was back in the game, which is kind of concerning. That's your franchise quarterback right now. Um, you can't really risk that in a week three matchup, yep. especially with the talent you have. But somehow the Dolphins won this game um, due to a lot of blunders on the Buffalo side. Maybe the Bills aren't as good as we thought they were. I, I think that could be somewhat of an overreaction as you know they are playing the Dolphins, who right now look like the best team in the AFC. Um, but we will see. 
this is going to be a very interesting division. Yeah, I agree. And and maybe we'll touch on the – I know you love to talk about the Ravens, so we'll probably get to the Ravens-Patriots game at some point. But, um, yeah, that division's looking like it's kind of a little bit more wide open than we thought With as far as I think a lot of us thought it was going to be Bills definitively winning this division and then Dolphins-Patriots kind of claw, trying to claw their way into some sort of relevancy and contention in that division. But – I know I agree with you. It's going to be very interesting. It's looking like uh, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek is is exactly the duo that Tua needed to elevate his game. Now he, is he still throwing some god awful passes? Yes, um, but I mean it's a very solid defense. It's a solid offense. I don't know who the coach is after the whole Brian Flores thing. Mike Daniels, the Four ers mm-hmm. guy. The, uh, oh, that's right. He's that's doing right. a good job. Yeah, he's doing a great job. Um, and from the Bills side of it, I'm not too concerned that it's a lot of coaching blunders, I guess, in my eyes. Um, but you're right, Josh Allen did Josh Allen things, and um, it's it's gonna be. I, th- I think the the Dolphins are they they remind me a little bit of the of kind of the Houston Rockets. They're just gonna try and outscore you. Like it's it's gonna be very it's, it's gonna be very tough to stop this offense, and sometimes that's gonna win them games. And I think that this is one of those cases when it won them games. You couldn't stop them. You could just hope to contain them, and, and they weren't really able to to get the win. Here is a stat from this game. The Dolphins ran 39 plays yesterday. The Bills ran 90, and they lost. Yeah. Out, say, say that again. The Bills ran, what was that, 51 more plays than the Dolphins did yesterday. Wow. About 300 more yards than the Dolphins yesterday, yet they didn't win. Crazy. All right, so I kind of take that back with the out offense thing. That's just yeah. They they, they, didn't, they, they well, held the Dolphins offense. They didn't. Check they overall. didn't score. They didn't score when it mattered. So that's really too defensive. many goal okay, line. I, goal I, line I apologize. Stands. That's, that's a bit of a that's a defensive game for the Dolphins. Goal line stand, man. That's why I'm not concerned about the Bills at all because you look mm-hmm. at the stats, you look at the overall game, you yeah. watch the game, you see the Bills were the better team. I think I would still pick the Bills far and away to win the division. And I Dolphins played well, but it's still the Bills division to lose. And you have seen throughout the season the Bills go for it on fourth down. Yeah. They go for it. So And you appreciate that they stuck to their guns. They did what they were supposed mm-hmm. to do. They do it every week. It just didn't work this week. And I don't think that's a representation of the team as a whole. I think just sometimes you don't win the game. Like mm-hmm. as Lee you said start, said to start the show, like any given Sunday, anything can happen. They were the better team. A couple clock management mistakes. They'll fix these things. Mm-hmm. It's nothing like it's not a systemic problem with the Bills. Mm-hmm. I'm not at all concerned about them. Totally agree. All righty, a game with two teams. One disappointing, one overachieving. Jets, Bengals. What do we see here? And and looks like Joe Burrow is definitely uh is is trying to get it, work his way out of the Super Bowl hangover. Yeah, I think he came into this game wanting to calm it down, try to win a game, get the ball in his receiver's hands, which he did more, and they some crazy catches by the Bengals wide receivers. T. Higgins had an amazing catch in the back of the end zone, and Joe Burrow just looked more confident in the pocket. He was moving his feet around, getting outside of the play. I don't know. He just seemed more relaxed this week, mm-hmm. which was nice to see. This game, he had a, a lot less pressure on him. Yeah. Um, just in the pocket, a lot more time to get rid of the ball, and his receivers, you know, they did a great job. When you have guys... Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Mixon. When you have those weapons, you're going to be in a position to win any game. And uh, Joe Burrow stepped up and he he did what he needed to do. Yeah, nothing too crazy, nothing too flashy. Just 275, three touchdowns, no picks, which is great. Only two sacks, which I also love to see. 
And he just played the game plan, got the ball in the receiver's hands, and did much. I'm a little concerned, or it's a little interesting to me how ineffective Joe Mixon's been this season, though, because he had 12, 12 rush, 12 carries, 24 yards, two yards average, nine yards long. Like, I don't know. It just seems that the Bengals aren't running the ball as much this year, which I feel like could be useful to try to bring down the massive the amount of times that Joe Burrow has been throwing the ball and the amount of times he's going to be hit this year. Yeah, that, that is the one thing the Bengals definitely game plan this week. They only gave up two sacks. I yeah. think the past two weeks before this, they had combined, what was it, like nine or ten, something Probably, like that. It was, so they did a good job protecting Joe Burrow. And when you do that, you're going to be able to win games. Yeah. All righty, so that's uh, – yeah, I mean, I, you guys pretty much said everything I was thinking about for those two games. So I think uh, Liam getting a little antsy over there. Ravens, Pats. What did you see from the Ravens, the Purple Birds, coming into New England? First time winning in New England since '09. <clears throat> Congrats. Lamar Jackson has more touchdowns than every single team in the NFL besides the Lions and the Ravens. I want that to sink in just for a second. I want that to sink in. A little bit of silence for everyone to process that i don't know what else this man has to prove anymore i think undoubtedly top three quarterback in the league at this point i don't think there's any debate for that uh the man's unstoppable he is arguably one of the best runners in the league and he's proven to be one of the best passers in the league so far this season too he's doing it with guys who seemingly they pulled off the street josh oliver Backup tight end. I will give a shout-out. Mark Andrews, phenomenal game. Killed me in fantasy yesterday. Huge target for them. But Duvernay, who is this guy? <laughs> Making him look like prime Randy Moss. <laughs> I really like what the Ravens got going on. And in their division, where it's up for grabs, I think they're going to come away and um, start to uh, peel away with this division and, t- and take that division title. Yeah, I, I don't think I have any criticism of Lamar Jackson this week. What he played? No, he played incredible. He played an amazing game. He played incredible. He did everything what? you could ask for. I'm just gonna reiterate, and I feel like, I feel like there's an NBA guy I was talking about last year about the same thing. But I think Lamar Jackson has proven everything he can in the regular season. I just want to see when it comes playoff time what he can do because it blows my mind every year. And every year I pick against him because every year it happens. But for some reason, he can put up these amazing stats and he looks unstoppable. And you're like, how could anybody game plan against him? But for some reason, when it comes to the playoffs, they're losing the first round. They're losing the second round. They're not making it to the. They're not making to what you think they could go to. And like, they somehow the teams find a way to stop Lamar Jackson. And I don't understand how it happens. And I don't know how these coaches do it. But I'm gonna be curious to see what he can do in the playoffs this year. And can he break the curse? Yeah. Well, the the one thing when it comes down to the Ravens is it's Lamar Jackson. He yeah. is their team. Um, but how do you game plan against it? Because like he can run the ball, he can throw the ball, he can do everything you can ask for. Like that's that's do you the just thing. try to keep. I to be honest, if I was an NFL head coach, the only thing you do is try to keep in the pocket and try to be with your arms because obviously his legs are just better than his arms, even though his arms are ridiculously good. I just you, I don't know. You somehow make have to make somebody else beat you, and in this case, on the Ravens, they're not deep at any position besides tight end. Um, their defense again did not look good against a, a bad Patriots offense. Um, yeah. It's going to be interesting for the Ravens. Uh, if Lamar Jackson can keep this up, I think, you know, he's going to run away. I said at the beginning of the season, he's going to he's going to win the MVP, and I think he will. Um, at this point, there's nobody getting close to him, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, there isn't. Uh, 
But yeah, that's that's kind of all I have to say right there. You sure? That's it. Nope. Uh, well, he played great. Yeah, the Ravens played amazing. But the pad, the Patriots side, Mac Jones, 321 yards, couldn't finish any drives though. Only he had three picks. He's just, and now he's hurt, and he's probably gonna be out for a couple weeks. So, I think Liam's prediction at the beginning of the year, the Patriots are not making the playoffs, is 100 percent true. But they're finishing last. Yeah, I think they probably <laughs> are because without Mac Jones, Brian Hoare is the quarterback. Like, ooh, I don't know what to expect there. How do you feel about since since we we watched Thursday night Browns Steelers? How do you feel about the Ravens' chances in this division? Are, are we are we locking them up as division title favorites? I'm I'm going to yeah. yeah. I don't think either the Browns or Steelers were any teams that I like. I thought it could be competing for this division against the Ravens. The Bengals, who were probably the biggest threat, and from the Bengals have done so far, I would pick the Ravens over them easily. All right, fair point. Well said. I, I would agree with you. I mean, the Steelers, the Steelers Browns was just the definition of you have two teams with because of Deshaun Watson, you know, not being there, some mediocre quarterbacks. I'm not a Trubisky mediocre, fan. <laughs> below average quarterbacks. Great running games, great running games. Najee and then Nick Chubb and, and and Cream Hunt have to be like the best running back duo in the league. Yeah, um, solid defenses, but I don't think that's enough. I mean, in this game, you need a signal caller, I- unless you're the Niners, and somehow Jimmy G works for you. But we'll get to that. Quick predictions uh, since we're talking about that Steelers-Browns game real quick. When do we see Kenny Pickett? When is he in this game? It, it's getting so annoying because the Steelers have these threats. They have the ability to make these plays deep downfield. And Trubisky just cannot do it. Who was the guy who made that catch? Um, George, George Pickett. Pickett. George Pickett. George Pickett. An insane that was like the first shot Trubisky has taken downfield all yeah. season. It's time to get Pickett in the game. It is absolutely time. You don't draft a guy that high for for nothing. I, I think as soon Captain as next game, as soon as next game, because they play the Jets next week. They, I think it's a great opportunity yeah. to, to throw him in there, and because it's not even really throwing him in the fire. It's the yes, it's not the it's not the the meme Jets, but it's still the Jets. But the problem is, if they don't throw him in now, then they go play the Bills, exactly. the Buccaneers, the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Saints, the Bengals. You can't throw them in then. <laughs> when you, you don't throw them in there. That, <laughs> you either throw them in next week or, or you're waiting until next season, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And I think – I'm sorry uh, to Mike Tomlin, but starting Trubisky for the rest of the season is throwing away the season. I cannot believe that he was the starter. Something must have gone on in camp that made Trubisky they the starter. They paid star- him a lot of money to come in and be a starter. It, it just doesn't make sense when you draft a guy – Hometown hero from Pitt. The first, yeah, first round, first round, yeah. first round, twentieth overall, first quarterback drafted. I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense for him to be sitting on the bench. Really doesn't. No, I, I hundred percent agree. Um, I, I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be soon because, or how about Mason Rudolph? Get, get him in there. No, is Duck Hodges still on that team? <laughs> <laughs> if if the Steelers literally cannot, if the Steelers are down at halftime against the Jets. And Kenny Pickett's not in this game. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It's also probably why. It's because Kenny Pickett's not in the game. They'll be down in half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Okay, Chiefs-Colts. Uh, Liam alluded to it earlier with his uh, takeaway. What, br- I mean, break this down for me. They just they brought Patrick Mahomes down to earth, the Colts' defense. And the Colts didn't really look too good themselves. No. Um, this was just a weird game. And... You know, <laughs> a couple interesting defensive plays and a bad game for Patrick Mahomes. 
and the the Colts just won it. I, it, it this was a weird one. Um, I think yeah. we talk about this every year, and it hasn't become a problem yet with this team. It always problem with regular season. They always fix it in the playoffs, but the lack of the Chiefs' running game. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes led the Chiefs with 26 rushing yards. <laughs> Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the guy who was drafted in the first round a couple years ago, seven carries for zero yards. Mm-hmm. How do you do? Like I. I think the Chiefs' big problem is a running game. Their play calling was also interesting. Liam always harps about special teams. Their kicker got hurt in this game, so they went. They tried to do a trick play on fourth and ten. In my mind, they missed the field goal too. Yeah, when you have a quarterback as good as Patrick Holmes, if you don't trust your kicker and you're gonna go for it on fourth and ten, why are you letting your your punter throw the football when you could have Patrick Holmes try to exactly. do a fourth and ten play? Like, I don't understand the play calling by Andy Reid, but. I really think it comes down to special teams and the running game. You need to get Patrick Holmes a running game. It just even just the short passes, like get him in space. Like the screen game can become a running game when you have a bad offensive line. Just get something working like that. And I I absolutely dislike this guy, but I got to give credit where credits to Matt Ryan. Led the team down on a game-winning drive versus the Chiefs, who their defense has looked really good these past two weeks. Uh, just incredible. But what it came down to was Chris Jones sacking Matt Ryan, essentially ending the game about four minutes earlier, and then having an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty against him. <laughs> Absolute blunder. Absolute boneheaded play. But the Chiefs got it. I think they just got to put this one behind them. I think they're going to be fine. Um, just a bad, bad game for them. Bad game. Yeah, I'm not overall too concerned. I think they're going to be back. I mm-hmm. think we've learned over the past couple of years to not count out the Chiefs. Never. Ever. Never. So we we, we made that mistake. We've made that mistake yeah. before. Um, did we, we we didn't talk about Jonathan Taylor yet. No. I I drafted him first in fantasy. <laughs> and he's I I don't know. I'm 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 holding out hope, but he, he, this is not looking good, man. This is not looking like a first overall pick. Well, you you do know Truett, but besides Adrian Peterson, the number one guy has never gone number one two years in a row in fantasy. Um, Teams just, like, game plan against him. Yeah. The, if you look at the Colts' offense, like— He's their man. Yeah, yeah. by yeah. far. Yeah. Look at Derrick Henry right now. Like, Derrick Henry had a good, better game today, but overall, the Titans have done nothing. Like, no. Derrick Henry's not been able to get going. It comes a lot down to the running games, and mm-hmm. running backs repeating is just not a very— successful thing and Tannehill and Matt Ryan are not really <laughs> striking fear to the DB and linebackers hearts so no. yeah okay um, Eagles commanders that was ugh, gross game I'm going to have to do something I never thought I'd be able to do oh no the Eagles might be the best team in the NFC Jalen Hurts looks for real. Their wide receivers. NFC. They might NFC. be the best NFC. team. NFC. Not NFC. It's NFC. The NFC. Whoa. They're the, I guess, Whoa. other than the Giants, with the only two undefeated teams in the NFC left. But their wide receivers are ridiculous. Devontae Smith had multiple amazing catches after not being featured much in his mm-hmm. first two games. He yeah. had a big game today. A.J. Brown's there. Like, this team is just so explosive offensively, and Jalen Hurts just got them cooking correctly. I don't know. It's scary. I don't want to say this, but. NFC, they might be the best team in the NFL. Uh, wow. Their, their offense, combined with how their defense played yesterday, they had four sacks within the first, what was it, like seven minutes or something yeah. like that? They absolutely locked down the commanders who, I mean, they are the commanders, but they haven't looked terrible this season. The Eagles made them look terrible. 
Uh, this game was over in the first quarter. Uh, just dominant performance by the Eagles yesterday. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I don't think there's really anything more to be said. Jalen Hurts is looking great. Uh, offense is looking great. This is looking like a very complete football team. Probably the most complete I've seen since uh, the Carson Wentz slash Nick Foles Super Bowl days. I'm, I'm looking at their schedule, and I don't see where they lose a game. <laughs> they, they will choke away one yeah, game. Yeah, but got yeah. Jaguars next week, Cardinals, nothing crazy, Cowboys, nothing crazy, Steelers, Texans, Commanders, Colts. Wow. The only real team they play this year is the Packers. Wow. Because then they finish with the mm-hmm. Titans, Giants, Bears, Cowboys, Saints, Giants. Some will nick a couple games off of them. Yeah, ball. but like, I don't see how they're not the top seed in the NFC. Yeah. <laughs> With the weapons they have. And the teams they're playing against. <laughs> they're going to run away with this. Maybe not with the division because the Giants also have a bad schedule. So maybe we sneak in with a couple of games. But they're going to run away with the NFC. Yeah. Uh, very impressive. Very impressive. Um, do we need to talk about Bucks packers again? We kind of uh, we, we, we kind of exhausted. I'm concerned about the Packers as well, though. Also. I think yeah. there's another team in the NFC. And we go through the NFC. And I'm as I've said before, every team has holes other than the Eagles. And... The Packers have a glaring hall offensively that they cannot finish drives. Mm-hmm. They had a fumble at the one yard line, I think, that mm-hmm. would have like put the game away. Yeah, but we're not able to convert. It just Aaron Rodgers and the wide receiving core are not clicking yet. Maybe it's going to happen. We expect it every week, but it just hasn't happened yet. I mean, he's he's still like, and from watching the first half, it's not the complete drop off that I thought it was going to be. Losing Devontae Adams, like he's still throwing. Perfect balls to to Lazard and um, and you know Randall Cobb and uh, the rookie Dobbs uh, <laughs> is looking pretty good, but I hundred percent agree the chem I mean that chemistry that that um, excuse me that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams had is is I mean that's just you can't replicate that and it's it's tough to expect that Aaron Rodgers is going to have that with any of these other receivers he's just not going to. And it's going to be seemingly a wide receiver by committee type thing. There's not going to be the guy. I don't know if you can look at is Lazard the guy or is Cobb the guy. Um, I would hope 37-year-old Randall Cobb is uh, not the guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would hope so too. Um, Jair Alexander is also out their top corner, so that's another concern on the other side of the ball. But, yeah, I'm with you, Rick. These are both two kind of teams I'm a bit concerned for. I'm going to say he's Brady too. He has struggled in the first half of every single game he's played this season. Again, he went three quarters this game without a touchdown. He hasn't had a touchdown in the first half at all this year. <laughs> Who would have thought? I mean, we knew coming into the season that the Bucks defense was going to carry him, but I didn't think they were going to carry him this hard. Um, and the fact that they were almost were able to tie this game up is absolutely crazy. Um, Packers made a lot of mistakes, lot, kept kept the Bucks in the game, but their their defense did play well. Um, the entire game. It, it's just interesting. You'd always think that a Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady game would be somewhat of a shootout, and that's just not the case anymore. I will say one thing: there's a bunch of guys injured on the Buccaneers. Julio Jones and Chris Godwin did not play this week. When those guys are back, I'd expect more happening. I'm not sure if Mike Evans even played. I don't remember seeing Mike Evans get. Is he suspended? Points. Yeah, right. He's suspended. So they, they, he was out with his top three wide receiver core. Russell Gage was his top guy, and Obviously, when the three of them are back together, like they're going to be better offensively, but I still don't have a lot of faith in the Buccaneers' offense right now. Mm-hmm. 
which is crazy to think about it. Like, I, I don't know. The NFC is wide open. All right, Liam. Um, do you want to talk about Saints? Saints. Yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll be quick on this. Um, Saints defense once again, absolutely like just looks stellar. But the the big hole, glaringly obvious, is that the offense is just not getting it done. Jameis Winston looks very uncomfortable in the pocket. He's getting pressured a ton. He's scared to take off and run the ball. Alvin Kamara first game back. Did not play well yesterday. Um, fumbled, pick up six against a terrible, terrible Panthers team. They just couldn't get anything going offensively. And uh, Marquez Callaway had one of the most amazing catches I ever seen. One handed grab over four people. But Jameis Winston threw a ball into five, five people yesterday. It just was not a good throw. He just does not look like he is. Um, an NFL caliber quarterback right now. They're going to have to fix some stuff on their offensive line, and their offense in general has just been atrocious. Shooting themselves in the foot, man. That's all, yeah. I, that's all I really need to say. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of all I'm, I'm I'm good now. I'm really sorry, man. That's okay. It, it's it's always open. next week. It's still wide open. Yep. We're not even going to talk. I, I don't, we don't even need to talk about Falcons, Seahawks. We don't. Is Geno Smith not the real deal anymore? Geno didn't play Gino like that bad. Well, yeah. He didn't play that bad. It's whatever. This, <laughs> this, this, yeah, this game was... <laughs> you're tanking for a quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Gino, I mean, yeah. week one, Geno has the storyline. He's the guy. You know, we're leading it. And then now it's kind of just like there's no storyline behind playing the Falcons. It's just a bad football team. <laughs> there's on, and honestly, another bad football team. Um, so we are going to have a quick word from our sponsors... But then we're going to hit 49ers Broncos. Um, I am going to absolutely destroy Russell Wilson verbally. And then uh, Monday Night Football, trivia question, MLB, and then I really want to get to this NBA segment. So we're going to do a quick word from our sponsors. As always, the Sunday Scaries. You know, I think we've all had the Sunday Scaries. Just, you know, if you haven't, relax. With Sonic Bliss every Sunday at 10 p.m., Sonic Bliss is designed to help you unwind with three hours of trip-hop, dream-pop, acoustic, ambient, and world grooves. No, it's not a love song show, but if you want to make out to it, it's totally fine with us. Chill out with Sonic Bliss, Sundays at 10 p.m. on WXVU 89.1 FM, The Roar. All right, guys. I didn't really get to catch a lot of this game. I was in transit back from Baltimore to Philadelphia uh, while this was going on, but I did catch bits of pieces Obviously caught the Jimmy G running out of bounds. That was quite funny. But um, I'm going to let you guys go first. Tear up these QBs. Although, uh, Sean, I, I know you're a big Jimmy G guy. so I like Jimmy G, but that was a terrible game. It looked like both quarterbacks were single-handedly trying to lose <laughs> the game yesterday. Russ, well, I think he had the most three and outs ever in his career, and he looked terrible. Somehow Jimmy G outdid him. <laughs> running out of the back of the end <laughs> running out of the back of the end zone was actually the best thing that he could have done on that play because he threw a pick six <laughs> yeah this was I, just <laughs> absolute garbage bowl yesterday the fact that the broncos are two in one <laughs> is absolutely laughable um man 
it was it was just terrible. Great great game for special teams though. The punting, both punters put on absolute master classes yesterday. Great performances from them. Would have been nice if their QBs could help out though. When you leave a football game and you say the uh, punters did an amazing job, is knowing you's not a good football game that you watched. Um, it was like seventeen total punts. It I was know one, one of them had ten, one of them had like seven. Or one guy had. 470 yards total punts. The other guy had like 390. It's a clinic. <laughs> clinic right there. I just, these offenses, Russell Wilson's just not clicked in Denver, which is so crazy because Nathaniel Hackett's been credited with like turning Aaron Rodgers back into Aaron Rodgers and like all the things he's done with the Packers. And now he comes to the Broncos and he can't do anything with Russ. Like, I don't know. Kyle Shanahan's adjusting to Jimmy Garoppolo. It's a bad week. I'm not too concerned about the, the I don't know. I don't know what to expect from any of these teams going forward. I keep wanting to say every NFC team, like I'm not concerned about because it it's an open conference, but at some point, Jimmy Grapple played terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm trying to like craft my words here because I don't like the Niners, but something about Russell Wilson not doing well is really, really making me a bit happy. Um, as terrible as that sounds, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I love seeing these lo- let Russ cook memes. It's just like a bunch of hot dogs with like a tortilla or something, or like noodles, and it's just like, I don't know. It's 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 a little disappointing that they haven't been. I thought like obviously they have a solid defense, but I thought this offense, like everyone's talking about Russ and you know their running backs and Judy and Sutton, like and and this O line, like how could this not you know click? And it's it's really confusing um and part of me like what went the parts of the game i was able to watch like i'm like oh maybe russell wilson just doesn't really have it anymore and then i saw him launch like this deep ball to judy home run ball like would have been a touchdown but like the 49ers db got a got a hand on it but um it was just more of a great play from the 49ers db so i don't i don't know i mean i'm I'm not really gonna comment too much on jimmy g because we know what jimmy g is he's gonna drop duds like this every once in a while <laughs> but shanahan and the rest of the team that you know they're gonna find ways to win games like you're, yes you're gonna have you know i mean if, if, if that back of the end zone doesn't happen they win this game they lost by one yeah well it, they would have lost by a lot more because it was he threw a pick six on that play <laughs> oh <laughs> that was perfect. Um, it was actually the best thing that could have happened there. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. Wow. Okay, I take that back. Um, yeah, I, I really got nothing else to say. We know who the Niners are. The the Broncos is this new experiment that's going on, and and I, you know the coaching. I mean, it, this could be a one and done type coach in Bron in in Denver. Um, if they play like this, then yeah, might be too early to say that. Yeah. This two and one record it makes me angry because. I think people know that they're, you know, that the type of football they're playing, despite their 2-1 record, they do have, like, three – no, maybe it's – is it five primetime games? No, three primetime games in the next five weeks. Yeah. So we're going to be seeing a lot more of this. Mm-hmm. And it's shocking because Russell Wilson usually does very well in primetime, historically. So I'm shocked by this. I don't know. True. I, I want to uh, I want to hear your reaction to this Russell Wilson quote after the game. Mm-hmm. Um, is it let's ride <laughs> quote unquote there is so much greatness in store and I can't wait for it what do you have to say about that <laughs> there's so uh, 
I don't know, man. I mean, like, what are you talking about? Like, first of all, like, he, he goes on Instagram and posts, like, this hype video of him running off the field after he played, like, like he played awful football, like, just not good football, and then has the audacity to post that, like, as if, like, they got this, you know, definitive win that, you know, he was responsible for. I don't know. I just he's, – he's a bit of a, a – he's kind of a cocky bastard in, in, in a way, you know, and I'm just going to say that, and I – you know, he needs to get a little bit of reality in check and be like, yeah, I haven't played good football. You know, I've, I've, the two wins that we got were miracle wins. Like, they, they came to the last second against teams that, like, aren't necessarily dominant. Like, I don't know what the rest of their schedule is looking like, but they do have a lot of division games, right? So if you catch the Chiefs at the right moment, they're going to get obliterated, you know? <laughs> you catch, I don't know if they play the Bills or any of these NFC powerhouses or AFC powerhouses or anything, but. They've been barely beating bad football teams. They lost to the Seahawks, which who might not get another win for the next five weeks. So I might be here in five weeks saying, wow, the Seahawks still only have one win, and guess who it was against? Russell Wilson and the Broncos. I guess there is that silver lining for you there. What? That the Seahawks, I mean, as bad as the Broncos have played, they've been the only team to beat them so far. Yeah, there you go. And I was wrong before when I said eight three-and-outs. It was actually nine. Nine three-and-outs, <laughs> yeah. And Russell Wilson is the king of three and outs, so nine is <laughs> is saying something for him. Um, well, I guess let's quickly touch on Chargers and Jags, and then get into trivia and Monday Night Football. Yeah, I'm kind of like concerned. The Jags destroyed the Chargers, 38 to 10. Like, how are we feeling about the Chargers? They're now one and two. They these are the team like me and Liam predicted to uh, win the AFC West, and I don't know they're not putting it together. Trevor Lawrence absolutely tore them apart. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence, two weeks in a row, has looked really, really good. Um, I don't remember the last time the Jags had a winning streak. <laughs> it's been a while. You got to give them credit. Uh, they game planned really well. Trevor Lawrence stepped up 262 yards, three touchdowns. James Robinson had a great game on the ground. Um, they just absolutely came out and shocked this Chargers defense at home. Um Justin Herbert really couldn't get anything going, and the Chargers, again, just did not have any run game. Austin Eckler has really, really struggled this season. Mm -hmm. I think he's averaging the lowest yards per carry in the NFL as well as um, yards per reception for running backs as well. Um, (laughs) Without Keenan Allen, this team really had some trouble yesterday, Mm -hmm. and if they keep getting similar production from their star running back, they might be in a little bit of a uh, little bit of trouble, especially in that division. Yeah, that they're very concerned to me for some reason. Every year the Chargers can never put it together. It always baffles me. But I'm quite concerned about them. And the other side, the Jaguars, like they're the favorites in the AFC South right now with the way they've been playing. Mm-hmm. And looking at the Chargers' schedule, I mean, Texans, Browns, Broncos, Seahawks, Falcons, Niners, right. before they play the any, before they play the Chiefs, they should be able to right the ship. Um, but if they lose a couple of these games, they are going to be in trouble because the the second half of their season is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I got. I think um, this just proves right now. I don't think anyone can say that Justin Herbert is better than Lamar Jackson. I think that's absolutely, oh my god! Absolutely the amount of ways you find a way to bring <laughs> Lamar Jackson back in the conversation—it's amazing. 
Sean, trivia question before Monday Night Football. Yeah, I got, a, got? I got a quick one real quick. So, most rushing yards by a quarterback in a game. There's a there's a top five, but there's only three guys in the top five. Any guesses on who are the three are quarterbacks? Are these guys active right now, Sean? Yes. Active players. Yes, one of them is active. I'm going to guess Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Lamar Jackson <laughs> is the fourth most rushing yards in the game. He had 152 rushing yards back in 2019 against wow. the uh, could, Bengals. Could you repeat the question? Quarterbacks with the most rushing yards in a game. Michael Vick? Mm-hmm. Michael Vick is on there twice with 173 and 166. He's second and third on the list. Who is the first and the fifth? One guy has more rushing yards. The in first a game. and the fifth. Mm-hmm. It's one guy. He has both the first and the fifth? Yep. 181 rushing yards in a game. Wow. Two rushing touchdowns. Oh, um, is he active too? No. No? Oh, shoot. Who are you um, thinking? I thought, remember that one game where Josh Allen just went off, like, running-wise? Yeah, he's not. He's oh, not, he's 135. He's, yeah. like, further on the list. Do we know this guy? Yeah. Okay. You want me to tell you the year he did it in? Yeah. 2013 against the Packers. In the playoffs. Who? I am stumped right now. So it's an NFC team. Uh-huh. <sighs> I'm absolutely stumped. I don't think he's technically retired. Would team be too obvious? Yeah. I don't think he's oh, technically retired. Is it Colin Kaepernick? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, he was a running maniac. <laughs> wow, good question, Sean. Good question. Mm-hmm. All right, Monday Night Football. I don't really want to talk. <coughs> Excuse me. No, we have to talk about it. But I, I went 0-2 last week uh, with the two games. Um, I had faith in, in Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football, which you should never do. I absolutely could not believe that you guys picked Kirk Cousins on that. Yeah, that was a that bad was mistake a, uh, for both of us. You handed me that win on a silver platter. So now we have Liam is 3 and 0 undefeated. <laughs> undefeated. For now, Sean and I are both at 1 and 2. Mm. Tonight we have Cowboys at Giants. I think we know Sean's pick here, but we'll let him explain in a second. One point favorites for the Giants at home. What do we got, Sean? Set the scene for me. Set the set the stage. Yeah, so I don't think the Giants have beaten the Cowboys in the past couple of years. We get destroyed by our division every year for the past couple of years. It's not been a fun <coughs> season. But this week, the Cowboys are coming in. Cooper Rush is coming into New York. Um, I got a little faith in my Giants. They've played well this season. They haven't played great. They've found ways to win games. And Brian Dable has got them cooking. Dan Jones is playing better. Saquon Barkley is going to go off tonight. Uh, over 100 yards rushing for Saquon Barkley tonight. Book it. Booking it right Book now. It. Anybody doing prop bets, bet the over on his rushing yards. Giants minus one. Easy. Giants win. And cover because good teams cover. All right, good teams win. Great teams cover. I'm going to tail you, Sean. I like this pick a lot. I got to go with the G-Men, too. I like the way that they've been able to win games uh, these past two weeks. And anytime I can root against the Cowboys, I will do so. I don't think they're going to do anything coming into MetLife tonight, and I think the Giants are going to run all over them. 
Yeah. You're putting me in a tough position here because I, I don't want to. I don't want us to all have the same pick. And part of me is not. Oh, my God. <laughs> do I have to decide right now? You do. I do. You got to decide on the show. I mean. Yeah, that's uh, fair. Yeah. That's fair. I'm going to go Cowboys. Just, I need to fade. I need to fade you guys. I, I need to, it, it, you know, it's got to be different. Uh, we're, we're, <laughs> we're going Cooper Rush all the way. <laughs> we're hoping for 2016 Zeke to come back. You don't sound very confident, man. <laughs> we're hoping CeeDee Lamb looks like Randy Moss. Maybe Trayvon Diggs learns to play defense. Micah, Micah, you know what? This is this is a, a real thing. I'm gonna say Micah Parsons absolutely terrorizes Daniel Jones to the point where Daniel Jones has nightmares for the next week about Micah Parsons. Over under uh, two and a half sacks. Sean, how's the how's the how's the Giants O line? Honestly, getting better. Over under two and a half sacks. Under. I think he's gonna get two. Oh. But if, I, if I have to be wrong about that from the win, I'm totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Can't wait to be 4-0. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, everybody. So that is the end of our NFL segment. We're doing we, – we do it every uh, every Monday. We rec- that, That's kind of how we do is We recap all the games. We give our takeaways. We have our Monday Night Football picks, um, which we take very seriously. We have our, qui- our, our trivia. Excuse me. Now we're going to go a little bit – we're kind of running low on time, but we're going to go a little bit into MLB – um, I think we'll have definitely more to say once the playoffs start. Um, and then we'll really just tear apart this NBA ESPN top top 100. Make ESPN wish they never made this list in the first place. What do you guys got to say about MLB? Yeah, just quick updates. Um, the Phillies have been collapsing. They cannot do anything to help the Mets. They've, I think they got swept by the Braves this week. No, they took one Took game. one out of two to the Braves. So not great at all. Um, they're falling. The Brewers can sneak in. Phillies out of the playoffs. I think it's like one game in between them right now, one and a half maybe. Yeah, the uh, the Phillies are up one and a half, yeah. and they play the Cubs, Nats, and four games against the Astros to end their season. The Brewers play two games against the Cards and then play the Fish and the D-backs to end there. So we could see a little Philly collapse right I here. I think the Brewers would be the favorite right yeah. now for it. The way the Phillies have been playing um, <laughs> has not looked good for them. And they have not helped the Mets out at all, so I help. I hope they collapse. Yep, same. And they don't deserve to make the playoffs. Nope. Mets control their own destiny. Um, big series against the Braves. I think it's next this weekend coming up. Um, there's like a bunch of things. As long as the Mets win like one, it's almost like guaranteed. Unless the Braves like go on an absolute tear. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty confident about this going into next weekend. And we got to give a shout out, Francisco Lindor, shortstop. Our beautiful shortstop. Uh, broke the record for home runs by a Mets shortstop in a season, 100 RBIs, and Mr. Pete Alonso right now sitting at 39 home runs, 128 RBIs, broke the franchise record for RBIs. Right now he's tied with Aaron Judge, who's having one of the most historical seasons of all time. He's tied for him in RBIs. Mm-hmm. Um, another and, quick shout out. Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols. 700 career home runs. Incredible. That's insane. Congrats. Congratulations. Versus the Dodgers, too. Love to see that. 
I don't know how many other players in MLB history like will ever get there. We're not going to see this for probably another fifty years. Yeah, something like this. It absolutely mind blowing. And if he never got, I know what if, whatever. If he never got hurt in Anaheim, he could be the the home run king. But going into these last two weeks of the season, the Mets control their own destiny. Um, they play the Braves again, and that series is going to be. It's going to be decided. They play the Fish two games, the Braves and the Nats. They take care of business. That division is theirs. Yeah. True. You want to say anything about the uh, the pods? The uh, the Friars, the Daddies, the Padres. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I I'm pretty confident. I was there was a period of time like a month ago. I was very not confident in this team, and pitching is looking great. I think as I mentioned last time, Snell is actually looking good. Yu uh, Darvish is playing, dare I say, lights out. Joe Musgrove is Joe Musgrove, which is good. Manea um, sucks. But you know what? I think uh, we're doing well. Manny Machado is just continuing to look amazing. Some of the role players that we got in the Soto trade are starting to look good. Um, well, Sorry, not in the Soto trade specifically, but alongside Soto at the trade deadline. Drury's looking good. Crone Zone's doing what he's been doing this whole time. Uh, Josh Bell is kind of looking good, too. Soto has been not living up to expectations, but um, it's fine. I'm not too concerned about that. Great, not sweep, but almost a sweep versus the Cardinals. was really scared that Pujols was going to just, like, absolutely destroy <laughs> Snell. But Snell ended up pitching uh, a no-hitter going into the seventh and uh, gave up two hits. I don't know why he didn't get pulled. He was already at, like, 105 pitches. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm uh, the confidence is getting there. We passed the Phillies, so we're not super worried about losing our spot to the Brewers. Um, I do think we have a series against the Dodgers coming up, so that's gonna be that's gonna be a, not a must win, but it's gonna be pretty crucial to win to not get swept at least. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Um, I guess other things around the league in the AL, uh. If there's any Mariners fans listening, you guys are very, very lucky that they added this extra wild card spot in this year, because the way that you guys, the way that Mariners have been playing these past two weeks is absolutely dreadful. They were up eleven to two in the sixth inning versus the Royals yesterday. What do they do? Give up ten runs in the sixth and blow that game. <laughs> absolutely dreadful. Right now they're in the last wild card spot and they don't deserve it. The Orioles, four games behind them still. They have not been playing well. There's going to be a couple teams that are going to limp into these playoff spots and just get decimated in the first round, I think. But with baseball, you never know what could happen. Last year we saw the Braves wildcard team, and they won the whole thing. I'm excited. I think we're all excited for the playoffs soon. My Machado jersey just came in. I'm pumped. I'm ready. Um... If you know if if the Padres are out, I will be rooting for the Mets um, to go far. So that should be pretty exciting. We are going to play a quick uh, message from our sponsors, and then we're going to get into this NBA segment. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to eighty nine point one FM WXVU, Villanova Student Run Radio, The Roar, Fun in the Locker Room, coming right back at you in a minute. From the newsroom, this is WXVU News Director Gabriella Raffoul with your Villanova Campus Minute. Last week, Villanova told students to remain vigilant 
after police say the same suspect is behind a number of crimes on campus. Now he's accused of taking photos of female students, while students say this information is disturbing. Villanova sent out a photo of 40-year-old Eugene Hammond to everyone on campus, as police say he's the man who broke into a student's room in Good Council Hall last October over the fall semester break. Then, four months ago, police say Hammond struck again and was arrested for loitering outside Coughlin Hall. After a long investigation, the university is issuing a new safety warning after police found Hammond taking pictures of female students outside residence halls on South Campus. Victims who were involved were notified. During both incidents, Hammond was driving a 2014 dark blue Ford Transit van. Villanova does not believe he's returned to campus recently, but since he's no longer in jail, his picture is being shared and students are being told to be on alert. Since the incident last fall, security has been increased by adding more lighting, cameras, and a license plate reader technology. Students are being told to remain vigilant after Hammond is accused of targeting the campus multiple times. With this week's Villanova Campus Minute, I'm Gabrielle Rafool from the WXEU Newsroom. Unlike other health concerns, mental illness is not always easy to see. Depression won't show up on an eye chart, and you can't measure it on your bathroom scale. Sorting out a mental health concern is not something to attempt on your own. You won't find a bipolar disorder by looking at a thermometer. Like many other health conditions, help for mental illness takes professional diagnosis and treatment. Anxiety won't just go away under a stick-on bandage. So the sooner you seek treatment, the better. If you or a loved one has a mental health concern, don't go it alone. Find out what to do. For 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral, call 1-800-662-HELP. Learn more at samhsa.gov support. That's samhsa.gov support. New to Villanova and want to join the fun at V891 The Roar, Villanova's official radio station? Log on to our website, wxvu.org, for more information about how you can be part of the team at WXVU. Alrighty, everybody, you're listening to 89.1 FM, WSVU, Villanova Student Run Radio, The Roar, Fun in the Locker Room. And also, if you were listening to that last uh, message, yes, please do join WXVU. Um, get, get, you know, any student can just sign up for a slot, get, you know, get your show going, whatever you want to have a passion for, whether it's sports, music, uh, literature, anything like that. Make sure to uh, do that. Uh, I think that we've all really enjoyed uh, doing this for the past year and change. Um, so 100% recommend. Let's get into this NBA segment that, you know, we're in the offseason, uh, training camps and, and preseason is going to be starting at some point. And, you know, there is a lot going on headlines-wise, but we also saw this top 100 list that got um, released by ESPN in, in parts leading up to the top 10 being released. Um, very depressing that uh, Russell Westbrook was 98th on that list, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, but Sean, read me the top ten, and then I guess, I guess I want to hear one thing that you have a problem with. Yeah. So top ten in order, one to ten: Giannis, Jokic, Luca, Embiid, Steph, LeBron, Tatum, K, 
KD, Ja, Devin Booker. Wow. Like, you can go first. This is so disrespectful. So disrespectful. To who? Steph Curry came out and won a championship. Everybody, not not a single person said the Warriors were going to win besides you, Sean. And he's number five on here. I'm all for Luka. You cannot, you cannot put Steph below Luka Doncic. He cannot be below Joel Embiid. Giannis and Jokic, okay, arguably the two most dominant players in the NBA. But come on, man, Steph Curry just won a championship. How is how are how are Luka and Embiid above him? How? Uh, that's not even. I I know we're gonna get into what's going on later later down that list, but that's absolutely absurd to me. Yeah, I I agree that. Steph should be above both Luka and Embiid. He could be above Jokic, in my yeah. opinion, because Jokic is done the regular season, but I think we all know the playoffs matter more. He has a lot around him, but still, I have a problem with, I think, Le- <sighs> the problem is that you always say these guys should be higher in list, but then you look at them and you're like, who should they be higher above? Uh-huh. Like, LeBron over Embiid or Luka? Eh. KD, I feel like KD should be a little higher. But the problem is I don't want to put KD above Tatum because Tatum, I would duel him in the series, so you have like a little bit of debate there. I don't know. I'm not a KD guy, and I don't really want to get into that right now, but there is no way Tatum should be above him at all. At all. Okay. Um, I like the top three. I like the top three, actually. Um, I would put Steph above Embiid. I would put LeBron above Embiid. I I like Jaw a lot, but I think we are really, really riding this hype. Um, to put him in the top ten is wow. Who would you put in above him though? Because I I li- looked through like the eleven through ten, eleven through twenty rankings, and I know you were upset about the D book and obviously the Jaw one, but I don't know who else I put in above him. I, I gotta look at this again. I'm because James Harden's eleven, and I would I would rather D book over James Harden right now. Yeah, that's not who I would choose. Um, it goes like James Harden and Kawhi. Like Kawhi could be, but Kawhi's always injured, yeah. never sure. Cat, I would take both those guys over Cat. Dane hasn't had a great season. Paul George, Trey Young. I don't know. I've just maybe you bring Jimmy up a little bit, but Jimmy is number what seventeen? Yeah. Wow. Jalen Brown twenty two seems like he could be a little. Higher. I also think Anthony Edwards at twenty five is absurd. Higher or lower? Lower. Yeah. yeah. Absurd. He hasn't proven anything yet. Absurd. Donovan um, Mitchell, twenty-four. Uh, I think he should be a little higher. Jimmy should be. Jimmy should not be seventeen, man. He absolutely carries the Heat every playoffs. He's not a top ten player though. Rudy yeah, Gobert at eighteen makes Schwartz. me want to throw up better in the than studio Dame. right now. Dame, Dame is fourteen. Oh God, he didn't do anything last year. Hey, that, that's why, like, I understand we so don't hurt. like the Jaw and D book at nine, ten, and it seems we're putting them there. But when you look at the rest of the rest of these rankings, you're like. Who do you put above him? Yeah, I guess so. Like AD used to be there, but AD's not there anymore because he's been injured so often. Mm-hmm. Like you look around the league, and I can't think of many other guys I'd rather over Jaw and D Book right now. I'd rather have healthy quiet. I know it's kind of bending. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's bending yeah. the rules. I agree though. <sighs> uh, wow. I don't like Towns at thirteen at all. No. <laughs> Kyrie Irving at number thirty-three. I know you hate the guy rank, but my lord, 
Is he going to play a game this year? Or is he going to sit on the bench and cry? Dimitri at twenty four is interesting too. Oh my gosh, he's an interesting guy. I don't they know. They have Wiggins above Kyrie. What is this list? What is this list? I'm sorry. Is Dimitri higher or lower than twenty four? You think? He's interesting to me. Do they have? <laughs> they have Marcus Smart, Scotty Barnes, Fred Van Fleet, and Cade Cunningham above Zion. Are you serious? Zion hasn't played in almost two years. And I love Zion, but like... Oh my gosh. Oh, this is... This list is terrible. I'm sorry. Alright, so then let's do this. Liam, you have a top ten. Who's your top ten? Um, I, I'll do I'll do a top five. How about that? Top seven. Top seven. Uh, in, in order, no particular in order. order. Top in seven order. in order. Um, I'll go Giannis... Can, is this a hypothetical where everybody's healthy? Going into next year. Going into next who's year. Who's the seven guys in order you want on Wait, your team? Wait, hold on. I just want to specify. Oh, I totally... I want on my team. That's different from, like, the top ten players. What do you mean? If I'm if I'm starting a team, I'm taking Giannis or Luka. No, no. Next season, you have your team is going for one season. Uh-huh. Who's your top seven? That I want on my team. So not a top ten player list, but just who I want on my team to, like, build around or... No, you know, no. going into next season. Going into next season, top seven players. Giannis, I think number one. I don't think that's really up for debate. Um, I guess Jokic and Luka, you can flip them two, three. Steph, LeBron, four, five, and beat KD. Six, seven. Yeah, I, I kind of think there's a top seven, and then you get interesting. I, I feel like it'd be hard to argue the top yeah. seven. Um. Drew, a healthy, Ka- healthy Kawhi could slip in there, though. He could. A top seven, I feel like, is pretty set. Giannis, Jokic, Luka, Embiid, like Steph, you LeBron, just KD. Take Tatum out and move KD up. Yeah. That's, then, that's but I think seven. Tatum's obviously, you can't put Tatum anywhere low. Like, Tatum's better than Ja. Tatum's yeah. better than D-Book, like, yes. obviously. Yeah. I think then you get debate. Like, Paul George, good season, sneak in there. Kawhi Leonard could <sighs> sneak in there. I know you like, don't like Paul George, but. I think if those two have good seasons, they could. Pass Both be top ten in D book. Yeah, Quinlan is a top five player in the league when he's healthy. Uh, easily, easily, great. yes. Um, I do want to apologize. Uh, I don't, I don't know where I saw that Russ was ninety eight. He's actually sixty five. Really? So wow. Is that a good ranking? <laughs> I think it's better than ninety eight. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, they do have R J Barrett above him and Jalen Green above him oh. and Tyler Hero above him. And the more I look at this, the more the sadder I get. So I'm gonna scroll all the way back up to. Uh, where we're at, but uh, did you guys see the the only team in the league to have three top twenty five players? Yes, Minnesota T Wolves. Yeah. Oh, well, go bear and ant, ant at tw- what was he twenty five? Yeah. <sighs> I think go bear was at eighteen. Cavs at thirteen. Well, they're gonna be a scary team this year. Done anything? I'm excited for that Timberwolves team. Excited to see what they're gonna do. It's a huge experiment. It is. Twin towers. <laughs> That's going to be interesting. It could always work out. <laughs> Playing a little bully ball. Bully ball with Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody in the bottom 50 that you think 100% deserves to be in the top 50? Uh, well, Shea was 48. And uh, that is kind of ridiculous. Jamal Murray is number 50. Darren Fox, 54. Jordan Poole right behind him. How is Jordan Poole the 55th best player in the NBA? Yeah, that's, that's a reaction. He hasn't done anything. 
The guy played well for about two months. Um, uh, ben Simmons, Ben Simmons seems high at seventy six, but he's got the potential. Um, Desmond Bain, I think, should be a little higher. Sixty eight for Desmond Bain. He had a great season last sandwiched year. He's sandwiched between Jalen Brunson and, and Dinwiddie. I think he should be higher than. I mean, Brunson, Brunson should also be higher than Dinwiddie, like much higher than just two. Yeah. <laughs> that, Where was Mikel Bridges? Wow, he's top fifty. Julius Randle went from forty two to seventy one. Michael Porter Jr. went from forty-one to seventy-two. You can agree. Robert Williams is a top fifty player. Yeah, I'd say that. What does he have? Fifty-eight. Ben Simmons went from twenty-eight to seventy-six. Yeah, who would you rather have, Robert Williams or Tobias Harris? Robert Williams. I mean, they're, that's two Robert different Williams. positions, though. Yeah. That's two different positions. very different things yeah. than they do. For Jamal teams. Murray could be higher. I think yes. when healthy, he's a easily a top twenty-five player. What do you think of Paolo? Hasn't played a game yet at 82. I, I, I'm i never a fan of that. Put it just sticking rookies in there. Garland should be higher. He's 46. Yeah, Garland should be higher. Yeah, to suggest that there's that much of a disparity between, like, where they rank Garland and Dimitch. Like, I, I think yeah. of them as being pretty similar I skilled agree. players. And to have Dimitch at 24 and Garland all the way down there, I, that doesn't seem right. Cavs also have... Three guys in the top fifty with Mobley, Garland, and D. Like, who do you ever have, Mobley or Garland? I think Garland's a better player than Mobley. Wow, personally, Christian Wood. Mobley's at also only been in the uh, league a year. I think Mobley could be a DPOY at one point. Make a lot of all defensive teams. Um, but again, it, uh, it, it's kind of like Robert Williams and Tobias. They're very different players in what they offer. Mobley is spacing and elite defense Garland is playmaking running an offense shot creating um, who would I rather have it would just depend on the team I think they're very close to the point where it would, it, I can't definitively say any team in the league I would want this guy I think it would depend on the team yeah any other comments you guys got on this list mm. can, can I get a grade for this list if, if you were a teacher teaching a class on NBA rankings and ESPN came um, to you. The top 10 or like the full? Full list. And you can do top 10 as a separate grade. Uh, I'd give them a, the full list like a B minus. C. C plus. Um. I think it's a B plus A minus. I think the list better than you, than you guys think just because, I don't know, going through this list, there's not many guys I can think are better in the top 10 than John D book. I, okay, if we're going off a of top ten, it's it's not as bad. But I just think there's there's yeah. a lot of guys that are way that are above people that they should not be above. I agree. In, in this this latter half or latter seventy five. I don't think it's that egregious. I I agree with you. I think there could be some tweaks. I think there's when it first came out, it. we all thought it was way more egregious than we do right now. I agree with that statement, Sean. Bro, how is Cade Cunningham above Lamelo Ball? That's a bad one. How? That's a bad one. How is we? <laughs> Wiggins is above a lot of people. All hate Wiggins. He's he had the he might have been the worst player to ever start an All Star game. He might have been, but he still had a good season last year. Yeah, he should been an All Star. He had a good season. He's not better than Kyrie Irving. He should have been an All Star. Yeah, he should have been an All Star, not starting. He averaged like eighteen. Shout out Harrison Barnes at seventy (laughs) four. I didn't even think he would crack it to be honest. And he gets in the league. Who's he playing for? The, the, the Kings, Kings right. he's been like low key loyal to the Kings. He said a couple game winners for him. I know that. Mm. What do you think about Second. Brunson at sixty seven? I think he's higher. 
I think he should be higher. Wow. He's a better player than that. Uh, I'm going to have to use Liam's argument about sample size, and, and I think yeah, I think he would just need more. It, yeah, we got to see him more. Well, now he's going to be somewhat of the dude in New York, so. I'm excited for that. Hopefully he does well. I'd love that. Should yeah. he be R.J. Barrett at 63? That's intriguing. I think it's gonna be. Oh, I don't think the Knicks are gonna do well next year. Above Jeremy Grant, Jalen Green at sixty-two. I don't like that. No, he hasn't. He had one good month. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Yeah, they're talking in this thing. That, oh, showing skill. He averaged twenty-eight point one points on on good shooting in his last nine games. Nine games. What do you do? The they couldn't win a game with him in the lineup in the beginning of the season. Jalen Green. They cannot. I don't see how Shea fell 12 spots. That's a little bit of bias. But uh, no, I totally agree. I was. I, Who do you think is better, Shea or Sabonis? He, Shea. Who's better, Shea or Marcus Smart? Shea. Yeah. Shea Marcus. or CJ McCollum? CJ. I I take Shea. I take CJ. Shea or Maxi? I take Shea. Shea. Shea or Lamelo? Uh, I take Lamelo. I think that's where it's starting to get. Dude, Scotty Barnes at 39 is really interesting. Yeah. After after. I mean, dude, he played one season. Like, uh, right. Shea or Fred VanVleet? That's the last one I'm going to ask. I'd take Shea. Yeah, easily. I don't like Fred VanVleet. Right. I rest my point. Can we talk about – I don't know how far we want to go into the actual situation of what occurred, but more on what's the impact to the Celtics about Adoku this season. Sean, I think you would be able to speak on this more than Truder. I yeah, yeah. I, re- I remember in the beginning of the season when the Celtics weren't in a playoff spot, um, everything was looking down for them, and then they they turned it around heavily, and a lot of that had to be on the coaching. Yeah, Robert Williams is out a couple weeks now because he had another surgery. I'm a little concerned about it because just he was really good with game managing and calling plays and drawing up plays and things like that, and. We lost our top assistant to the Jazz this offseason, so this isn't even our top assistant. It's a new guy. I don't understand what happened. My guess is there's more details about the situation that we don't know because otherwise it seems absolutely ridiculous. He got this larger suspension. I am concerned without Yudoka this season. I just think, too, with the, with the Celtics, especially getting Malcolm Brogdon, uh, talent-wise... There's no reason for them not to be in the hunt for a championship. Oh, yeah, we will be. It's going to come down to, you know, I'm actually, if, if they have the right leadership another and coaching. Another problem is Gallinari got hurt. Is yeah. the season. That, that's a big blow. Gallinari was going to be a big player off the bench for our team this year, and I'm disappointed to see him get hurt. That is very sad. I think yeah. that was a great pickup for you guys. Yeah. It, it's it's helped for Rod Williams and things like, like, like I don't know. With, you guys had a lot of guys – Take that step forward. Um, last season, Grant Williams. If Brown and Tatum could just keep yeah. improving, like Brown could trap, could crack top fifteen next year. I don't know. Brown, Tatum, Robert Williams, Marcus Smart, Brogdon. That Grant is, Will. Grant Williams. That that's a lethal, lethal rotation right there. Um, yeah, I'm excited for the season. I, I don't think the Celtics really need to worry. I mean, a coach is a big party. Like a winning formula at the end of the day, but they're not the ones playing. Yep, that's always true. We'll see how they overcome the adversity of the season. I'm excited for the NBA season, and I'm excited to get into uh, our high-spirited debates. But unfortunately, we have to wait another day. But very fortunate that we have football and MLB.
playoffs coming soon. So you're definitely going to want to, if you're listening to this, you're definitely going to want to stay uh, up to date with Fun in the Locker Room. Um, go on your phone right now, set a reminder um, for Fun in the Locker Room, a.k.a. best show on the radio, 11.30 a.m. Mondays. Um, just so you know, and then go hit, you know, unless you're like driving or doing something important right now, go onto YouTube, Fun in the Locker Room, subscribe. Uh, we're going to get all the uh, re- recordings out there right now. And then go follow the Twitter. Actually, if you're going to do any of the things I mentioned, go follow the Twitter. Um, we're going to get very active when when the playoffs happen and, and things start to heat up. Um, um, before we go, just want to give a shout-out. Happy birthday to Serena Williams. Wow. Happy birthday and happy retirement. Yes. Great career. Yeah, two big tennis legends retiring recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's. Um, did you see the video of – I forgot who it was. Nadal crying when Federer. Yeah, was his last yeah. Time. That's just awesome. that's awesome the to king. see. It's just a, it's it's two of the biggest guys in tennis. Mm-hmm. It's it's like if I was a tennis fan, it's like LeBron yeah. James retiring. It is. Yeah, it's like LeBron James and Michael Jordan retiring in like the same years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's um only in sports, man. It, it mm-hmm. invokes these emotions out of you. But we're gonna go. Thank you for listening to Father Locker Room. We appreciate all the listeners. Eighty nine point one FM WXVU Villanova Student Run Radio The Roar. We will see you next Monday. New to Villanova and want to join the 